Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Not too bad. I'm a little bit jealous of you right now, though. I won't lie. You're, you're living in Calgary right now. Yeah. My yeah. home city. Um, so, so I'm a little bit jealous of, of that fact. But uh, yeah, I just moved here this past week. Uh, it's been It's been pretty good. Beautiful, beautiful city. Must admit that you know, we, we've known each other for, for a few years now. Um, and I always thought it was a bit of like propaganda every time you talked about Calgary. Like, I was like, Oh, is this like, what's this kid talking about? Like, this has to be fake news. It can't be that good. But like so far, man, it's, Oh, it's, it's, it's been nice. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm jealous. Yeah, because I, I always talk when we were in university, I'd always mention how great Calgary is and how much like Ontario sucks, right? Yeah. And like, I could see how that take would come off as like a bit biased, right? Yeah. As a bit like propaganda. But since then, several of our university friends have gone out there to Alberta, spent some time there. And now I think it's quite clear I probably undersold it. Um, yeah, it's like, it's unreal, man. Yeah. Like, no complaints so far. Actually, my only complaint is the amount of windshield washer fluid I have to use now. Oh, yeah. Get used to like, that. Every single turn. I'm just like, oh, need more of this, need more of this, need more of this. People must think I, I hate using it. I just do. People must think I'm an absolute idiot on the road for just having the dirtiest windshield. Yeah, probably. But, uh, yeah. I don't really care. No, I know it doesn't really matter. I need like, a, you know, you know, the jockeys in in. uh in horse racing yeah no for they sure have their um the blind have, yeah they have the no not the blind not the, horse, the horse right yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, jockeys do not have blinders i'm gonna say like I they have the goggles but i don't know if it, i think they have this in uh car racing too especially f1 they have the the goggles or the visor and they have like plastic film on it so every time it gets dirty they just take one film off they've got like nine of those so, so you just kinda... you want to get those for your windshield? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. It's up there, but it's not the worst. <laughs> yeah, I <it's... laughs> uh... so, know. Yeah, I'm a. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just get like a, a convertible. Take out the take out the windshield and just have those goggles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to wear full winter gear for every time I drive. But yeah, we'll yeah. Solve the windshield shield washer fluid problem yeah yeah at least yeah one problem create another yeah uh, but yeah man it sounds it sounds sick yeah um but yeah uh another episode you were obviously gone last week i was with jacob we were talking uh trade deadline stuff this week we actually got like a decent amount of, of stuff uh lined up to talk about which is always exciting it's better than us just having to like bullshit for like 35 minutes <clears throat> like we did a lot of in season one um, but first off, um, there was a lot of, uh, noise going on on Twitter this week about Jonathan Huberto and the Hart trophy and whether he is deserving of being in that conversation, um, which all started with an article from the athletic from Don Lachizan coming out with his, by his model, uh, his analytics of the top 10 Hart trophy candidates uh, for this season, <clears throat> 10 candidates, zero Panthers players on there. Most notably, uh, Jonathan Huberto is missing. And, you know, I think most of us Panthers fans were used to, you know, the team not getting the recognition it deserves. So you kind of just brush it off. Um, 
But Alan Walsh, Jonathan Huberto's agent, went a different direction. Um, and we all know Alan Walsh, who realistically, he's probably my favorite NHL agent. <laughs> right? Like, I loved his flurry oil painting of Marc-Andre Fleury getting stabbed in the back with a sword. I mean, that's just so extra. So I love that. He's obviously the agent for Jonathan Huberto. So he kind of went on like a big rant basically of why is Jonathan Huberto not in your 10? Like this is ridiculous, right? When he's, you know, near the top of the league and scoring, he's playing on one of the best teams. Uh, well, the best team in the NHL. Um, your thoughts on, on, on the back and forth between uh, Dom and Alan Walsh. And do you think either of them are in the right or in the wrong? What's your take? I definitely think he deserves to be a part of that conversation. Like he's right now he's third in league scoring. Like I'd argue that, you know, every single guy in that top 10 of league scoring probably deserves to be in the conversation for Hart. Like, I'm not saying they, they all deserve to get the trophy. I'm just saying you probably have to mention them at one point or another. Yeah, you, you would have to, right? Right. Like, that seems like the logical thing. Yeah. Uh, that being said, some people go different different routes. Um, I can't say – I can't say I agree with that. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I see a lot of people freaking vying for, for Austin Matthews. No. Exactly. And I, I do, I do appreciate the hype for the Igor Shashirkin. Um, no, no, like, 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 really, like I, I love Jonathan Huberto. I think he's an incredible player and he would probably he'd definitely be in my top 10 for, for the Hart Trophy, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But for me, I, Igor Shashirkin would be the guy. He's unbelievable. Like, if, if you want, like, I have not gotten to watch that many Rangers games, but I've gotten to, like, see highlights and stuff. It's, you have, like, he, he's unbelievable out there. Well, yeah, and, and the easiest comparable you can really make is when you're comparing him, you know, the season he's having to the season Carey Price had when Carey Price uh, won the Hart Trophy, right? Because goalies don't win the Hart Trophy very often. Carey Price did so that season, right? Igor Shostyurkin's numbers, especially lately, are better than what Carey Price did that year. And I could be wrong on this, but I think the league's higher scoring than it was in that year Carey Price won it. Yeah, I I don't know. I like I don't have, I, I I could look it up for sure. I probably should yeah. have before we, we hit record here. But like theoretically, when you're just looking at some of the offensive seasons guys are having around the league, like. I don't remember that. Was, was that like the year Jamie Benn won the Art Ross? Like, could be. Yeah. So, to me, like, Igor would probably be the guy. Um, but Hubert would be in the conversation for sure. So, like, kind of agree with Alan Walsh on that. Uh, that he probably should be in there. Uh when you look at the list of names for the record in the article, the other names. I, on the- I, I love, I love that. Cause I just pulled this up. Um, first of all, there's 10, 10 names from what is it? Five teams, five teams. Yeah. Five teams. Like immediately there. I, I disagree. Like if, as, as soon as you have two guys from the same team on that list, it kind of implies that they're both like just as important to their team. Well, like, like that would be my own, my only case for not having Huberto in the mix of those guys would be if you were saying, you know what, like there's a lot of guys who are really valuable to this team. Nobody's the one most valuable guy. Right. And you could make that case with the Panthers because a lot of players have been really good. Like personally, in my opinion, like I'd honestly probably try to argue that like, Aaron Eckblad is this team's MVP this season. Like he's having an unbelievable year. Yeah, absolutely. Like talk about a guy that's just like, like you thought he was in his prime, but now he's just defying all odds. Um, I, I just, I, I don't really understand having a guy like I, I, 
he's a good hockey player. He's put up some significant points this season, but Nazem Kadri probably doesn't deserve to be in that conversation. Well, like realistically, like I, I get Nazem Kadri's having a phenomenal season. He is your second line center going up against worst competition. Exactly. And I don't think you can make the argument that he is the clear difference maker for the Colorado Avalanche. Well, yeah. You also have Elias Lindholm, Matthew Kachuk, and Johnny Gaudreau, who play, they all literally play on the same line. Yeah, really interesting. So um, you kind of have to assume there's some overlap of value there, and you can't just put an entire line there. I, I agree. Like, like, it doesn't was- make sense to have that many guys on that list from the same team, especially if they play together. Yeah. And, and to me, also, the other thing, one of the issues I also have with the Hart Trophy and stuff, and obviously we don't get to vote, but is people always – like, I would rather it just be, like, who's the most valuable player in the NHL not necessarily the most valuable to their team? Like, I would much prefer – like, it's like the argument of, like, oh, like, if I have, like, 50 bucks, right? Whatever I spend it on, it doesn't matter. 50 bucks is 50 bucks. So it should just be who's the best player in the NHL, regardless of their impact on the team. Yeah. Unfortunately, that trophy would go to Connor McDavid year after year. It would, but it deservedly so. Deservedly like, so, he's the best. But like by the logic of this, it's like if like if Connor McDavid was on the same team as Austin Matthews, Jonathan Huberto, Patrice Bergeron, right? Leon Draisaitl is still there, right? If all those guys are all there doing their thing, none of them are the most valuable because they're all valuable, right? Like they, they all be like so many good players on the same team, they take away from each other's candidacy for the award. So, like, it really is, it should just be who's the best fucking player in the league, which is McDavid. Like, without then, a doubt. Right. Uh, another guy who I'm surprised isn't on here, just that, like, obviously, like, I care most about Jonathan Huberto not being on there, but I would probably have Kale McCarr on there. That, that, that's why I don't understand. He doesn't have a single D-man on there. Yeah. And that's because... Game score value added, which is the advanced stat he's going by, prioritize scoring. Yeah. If you're high scoring, like you're going to get, like it's a, it's a biased statistic. Yeah. You've like, automatically eliminated literally every defenseman. Like pretty much. Yeah. So, so uh, I, 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 I think that's his aim, that's the aim of his article is just to a very objective approach. Yeah. Like it's not he, he's not going off of subjectivity, right? This isn't his opinion. It's like here's my model. These are what the results are. Here are the results. Exactly. And I'm telling you right now, like your model, if this is the results, probably. It's not, not. It's not made for this. No, no. Like it's 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 useful, but not for not for trying to measure who's the most valuable player in the NHL. Uh, for the context uh, exactly. of the award. It's just. I also hate when people like use the argument for like because like you know there's a lot of models. I hate when people like do uh, like expected goals, right? Expected goal differential, right? And be like, oh, like like there was the year Leon Drysaddle, uh, he won the Hart Trophy. Uh, but a lot of people think he didn't deserve it, right? And I probably count myself in, in the same kind of. But, like, I think Donald Schism didn't have him in the top five either, right? That year in his in his ballot. I don't know. I'm very certain Leon Dreisettle wasn't on his ballot. Right? And a lot of, like, the models that we use to disqualify are, like, the expected goals model, right? Or, like, stuff like that where it's, like, it is not the expected heart trophy. It's the actual heart trophy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if player X had way more expected goals than player Y. If player Y had actual more goals and actual more points, he's actually more valuable because expected goals don't win you games. Goals do. Like expected goals don't mean shit if you don't score. Yeah. Like you could have a million expected goals, but if you only have four, like you still earn good. Yeah, if, if I wa- if I if I was playing and every shift I went out there and just took like a cl- like shots from in the slot, it could be the worst shot of all time, but my expected goals would be through the roof, and I would finish like with no points and a minus fifty at best. 
but you'd be in the conversation for the Hart Trophy. Yeah, so it's stuff like that, right? <laughs> I, I don't really get it. It's, it's nonsense to me. No, and I, I just – I don't think it's the right statistic to use. Like, I, I, just, I, I don't think it's appropriate to use that specific statistic to try and establish who the Hart Trophy frontrunners are. It's just not – it's it's the wrong use of the statistic. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Like it's not I'm not saying it's not useful, but it's like for this purpose, no. Exactly. Right? It's like a calculator is really useful, but not if I'm writing an English final. Mhm. Like but it is useful just not for that. Um but I digress, you know. It's the hard trophy. Cuz it'd be really interesting. This is I I have not looked into the statistic much. Uh, game score value added. So, would there be a a, a stati- another statistic that goes along with it that's game score like value decreased, where it's basically highlighting how like, bad a player is? No, no, I'm trying to like this is like value added, but like value subtracted. Like for a defenseman, like how many less goals happen when they're playing? Yeah. Yeah. How many less grade A chances? How many? Yeah. Like there has to be a coinciding statistic that should be taken into account for this type of analysis. Yeah. I I 100% agree with you. Um, But to me, it's it's nonsense. I also, other thing, I love Alan Walsh simply for the fact that he negotiated Huberto's last contract, which was just absolutely fantastic stuff. Not great stuff. Maybe not the best for Huberto or for Alan Walsh, for Panthers fans and for the team. Love it. Absolutely love it. Great work. Yeah. Like, so it works out so well. And we'll see. uh, Like, it's unbelievable. And like, he's so good at just like, letting stuff go and just keeping his mouth shut that you're just like, you cannot help but admire his character. Yeah. He loves to stay out of things. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now who probably don't even know what we're talking about because they've just, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, well, you know, he keeps things entertaining, right. At the end of the day, yeah. entertainment yeah. business. Exactly. All, all I want at the end of the day. Um, but moving on, uh, this week, we also, I mean, Panthers, they played Ottawa, but like it's Ottawa. So, like, I don't know how much we really need to talk about that other than Anton Forsberg. Unbelievable. Great job. Yeah. Right. Single handedly, like. And who was it? Austin Watson with some pretty uh, liberal turns of phrase at the end of the game. Yeah, that's Austin Watson for you. You know, I haven't really discussed it much with our, our good friend Jacob Barker, uh, who is a Sens fan. Uh, but a fun game, but you know, you know I'm I'm all for like like violence and like hitting and like fighting. I do quite I, I do think that fighting belongs in the game. But death threats, like maybe not. Like, it's probably a line, know. right? It's probably a line. It's probably, yeah, it's probably a line that gets crossed right there. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I don't think he faced anything. No, no, it's part of the game. No, exactly. So <laughs> That's maybe one that you'd want to take a, a second look at, but. Oh, no, I'm sure the Department of Player Safety is like super busy these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that, we got uh, Florida playing Detroit, which, I mean, it's a game, you know, the Panthers won. They always were going to win. Well, they, they should have won at least, right? And they did win. But the fun thing about this match was getting to watch three of the the big name candidates this year for the Calder Trophy. Anton Lindell, Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sider. Uh, And Anton Lindell having himself a game, two goals on the night. What did you think of the kid's performance? First of all, like, unreal. Um, I feel like you forgot Michael Bunting from that conversation. Well, we'll get into the well, you know, let's over the game a little bit. Then we got to get into the broader yeah, trophy we'll, discussion. We'll get into that after the break, but um like such a good game. Like uh, it wasn't wasn't even close by any accounts. Um you know, Panthers some really really good plays. Obviously Lindell got lucky on that first goal. Uh but the second one was just like just, oh, you, you just roof it and then just 
it, it goes in like when you place it there even even if the goalie's there it still goes it's probably yeah it's going in no one's really saving that one realistically um so i uh yeah it's impressive performance i i don't want to take anything away from Maureen Sider, who i think is the front runner for the trophy right now um because like he he had one um he had one uh like burst into the offensive zone and he almost scored it was a nice save but like he he looks so good out there he looks so big he's unbelievable he's unbelievable yeah no like for me like more insider he's looked unbelievable this year uh and been like a huge part for why detroit's been respectful some of the time yeah. uh lucas raymond came in pretty hot he's kind of cooled off a little bit lately yeah right so he's like kind of worked his way, I think, maybe out of the conversation a bit. But at this point, like something drastic would have to happen probably for Maurice Sider to not win it. But I think Anton Lindau right now is applying the pressure. He's got 31 points in his last 33 games, right? Which is unbelievable, almost a point per game place from a guy playing on uh, your third line. That pace puts him right now at 58 points in 78 games projected on the season. If, if Raymond doesn't win, uh, no, sorry. If Cider doesn't win it and somebody other than Anton Lindell wins it, it's going to be just as big of a steal as Bill Zito for the, uh, the Jim Gregory. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's much of a robbery. It's brutal. It's, it's insane. Like, like, Cider is the only other player other than Lindell I can see getting the trophy. I don't think any of the other guys deserve it. As good as I, Lucas Raymond has been very good. He's put up some really good stats for first year in the league. He's what, 19? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's 19. Like, dude could play as an overager in the CHL next year. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, like, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from, like, some of those other guys. Like, I think Trevor Zegers is an incredibly good player. I think Lucas Raymond is a really good player. But, again, like, those guys, they're getting the power play minutes, right? They're getting more ice time, right, and being put in a more favorable position. And the reality is also, when you look at it, like, Zegers and Raymond, like they're they're all, they're offensive players, right? They're kind of one dimensional, right? At this stage of their careers, right? Yeah, they've got. By the way, they've got identical stats. Who? R- Raymond and Zegers. Zegers has one less goal. That's the only difference. What are their stats right now? Uh so Zegers is at 15, 20, and twenty seven for forty two points, and then Raymond is at sixteen and twenty seven for forty three points yeah so in in 51 games actually yeah. i think raymond might have played a few more games than Zegers. yeah i think you're right but the point is they're one-dimensional scores and you look at their numbers and they are slightly better than anton wendell's so when the noted two-way center is putting up almost the exact same numbers way less on the power play way less ice time on the third line when he's doing getting that kind of offensive production while being so much better defensively. And in the case of like Raymond, like he's playing center, right. Which is automatically a more challenging position to play. And there's more responsibility that comes with it. Like, I think it has to, of of the forwards eligible, it has to be him. I know some Leafs fans would love to throw Michael Bunting in the conversation Okay, can we just shut this down right now and never talk about this again? It's it legitimately pisses me off. I think it's the most stupid thing that Michael Bunting's called her eligible. Well, no, like, yeah, first of all, that he's eligible, and second of all, that literally in that athletic article, he is number one in the rankings for the Calder. I think that is just a load of bullshit. Yeah, like, he. he pl- First of all, how old is he? We said he was 26. 26, so he's basically an old man. He's, he's 26, played 21 games for the Coyotes last year, had decent stats. I think he 10 goals, three assists, something like that in 21 games. Yeah. And then 
he's playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which are one of the best teams in the league, with Austin Matthews. One of the most valuable players in the league. Yeah, who's the who's the other guy on their line? Is it Matthews Marner? It is Marner. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but to me, to say that that is like, when you give a guy like $22 million in wine mates, I would fucking hope he can put up respectable numbers. Like You could put a literal donut in his place and the donut would put up the same points. Yeah. Like I'm, I was like, I think Michael Bunting's like decent, right? Like he's decent. But the reality is, is like, he's in the best situation of all time for a rookie. Right. And he has the same points as Raymond and Zegras. Yeah. Like, and, and they're doing it all on their own. Yeah, and I also I I hate the notion that like uh, like a lot of Leafs fans and because I live in Ontario, but they all act like oh my goodness like look at this like hidden gem we've uncovered like oh my goodness like look at our wizard GM finding this diamond in the rough as if again Michael Bunting had ten goals in twenty one games last year right was very good for the Arizona Coyotes and the Leafs signed lit it up in he, the AHL had like really really good AHL numbers yeah and then decided he wanted to sign for his hometown team like that's the luxury you have as the Leafs is that you have guy a lot of players from your area who would like to play for you it's not it's not impressive like i'm i'm not impressed like i you're not sick like yeah michael bunting's fine but like he he showed he was pretty good last season He's again showed he's pretty good this year, but he's playing with much better players than he was with the Coyotes. Like, it's not shocking to me that he's like producing like he is. Also, for NHL players, the aging curve of production, your peak is about 23, 24. By this logic, Michael Bunting is two years past his prime. Yeah. For the Calder. I, I do not comprehend. I don't understand how he can be in that conversation. I, to me, it baffles me. It's, yeah. I, I think half of it is, I oh, I think most of it is just leaf bias. Yeah. And coming back to Anton Lundell, he's been bouncing around the top 10 for takeaways this entire season. Yeah. I think he's at seventh now, along with like, there's a, there's a few other Panthers in there. Oh, of course. Um, all they yeah, do is take the puck of away. Course. I think they have like five guys in the top 15. Um, so this is, what is it? Like the top 25. I'm on stat news. I don't see Michael Bunting in here. I don't see Lucas Raymond here. And I don't see Trevor Zegers in here. Well, it's because, I mean, those guys kind of just float around and wait till, you know, Austin exactly. can get on the puck. That's my point. And... You just, I, I'm, I'm not saying takeaways means everything, but there's a high correlation between defensive prowess and like effectiveness and takeaways. Yeah. So, and Anton Lundell, hear me out, is also six years younger than Michael Bunting. Like, even last year, like last year, we had an older call, like an older Calder winner in Gurel Kaprizov who won it at 23 years old, right? Which is old for Calder standards, right? Kirill Kaprizov, who played with pretty much no one, like compared well, to the... That's a com- little disrespectful to Ryan Hartman, I would say. <laughs> compared to like who Bunting is playing with. He was also far and away the best rookie last year, regardless. Yeah, but- of, like, like there was no... There, like, there was such a large gap. Like obviously Jason Robertson was very good last year and has been unbelievable this year, right? But like Michael Bunting, like... Uh, if you really want to put him in the mix for the Calder, he has to be so much better than everyone else for me to even consider him. Exactly. And, and he just it, hasn't just, been. So um, Kaprizov only played 55 games last season, um, but he, um, he had 27 goals. It's quite good. That's half of what Bunting has right now. Or no. Bunting has half of that right now. Yeah. Same, pretty much same number of games played. And is three years older. My goodness, he's closer to retirement than he is to call their eligible. Which, which brings us back to our conversation. I think we had like maybe at the beginning of this season. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it was the end of the last season. Just 
do what the NBA does have a most improved player like trophy. And then, yeah, it, it won't mean as much in the Calder and you can freaking give it to Michael Bunting. No, you no, you can't give it to Michael Bunting because it's Mason. I mean, he Marchment. still wouldn't even win it because it's Mason Marchment. <laughs> this is what it, it is baffling that we're even having this conversation. I don't even understand. No, I think if Michael Bunting win, wins the call, that we riot. I, I I feel like we do. Yeah, I think the NHL have needs to. to like shut down for a week and like rethink things because something's not working. If that's how it goes, we'll we'll march down to New York. Did you see those? Uh... There's a couple guys I saw on Twitter were protesting the MLB in front of their office. Oh, yeah. I think it was a, when it, a Barstool employee, Frank the Tank, who's a huge Mets fan. Um, it, it was like the most ridiculous protest I've ever seen. Just a joke. And I feel like we'd have to get to that point if the NHL Michael were to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If Michael Bunting wins the Calder, it's it's blasphemous. It's, it's an atrocity. I, I feel like they should just have a lockout next season if that happens. I think so. Same goes if like Bill Zito doesn't win GM of the year this year. <laughs> well, that I that I actually think might not happen because I have lost faith faith in the the Jim Gregory award, uh, like picking wise, selection wise. Yeah, well, last year was uh, that was blasphemous. The guy who won its most notable move was trading away Devon Taves, who's been because unreal. he had to because he didn't have the money to sign him. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, that that that's a that's a fake award to me. And I'd argue that he lost that trade. Devin Tays is a great player, having a great, um, like he's a bit injured, but but when he's not a bit injured, he's a bit incredible. Exactly. So like, I'd argue that Trotz, uh, not Trotz, um, Lamariello lost that trade. That's oh, the, I think yeah, I, I think he saying. absolutely did. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see it. We'll see what the Jim Greg how the Jim Gregory goes. Yeah, oh yeah, but we'll see. But uh, I will I will riot if Michael Bunting nah, gets a stupid Calder Trophy. No, nah, I think I don't I'm, think he will. I don't think so. I think the, the voters will be smarter than that. No, nah, if, if he doesn't win it this year, I will go to a trophy store, buy a trophy, write Bill Zito's name on, and drop it on his desk. And be like, there's your reward. You've earned it. We'll mail it to him. We'll give it to him at the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, or at the Stanley Cup final. I absolutely love it. I uh, do awards are after playoffs though, right? Yeah. Just stupid. Yeah, it's also dumb, but also stupid. Yeah. Because I think the NBA does it before the final. Yeah, I think so. NFL has them before the Super Bowl. Like I think they're after. I I, I actually want to say that the 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 NBA ones are right after the regular season. They very well could be. I don't pay that much attention. Me neither. Um, I'm just trying to recall old classes and like but, other people that liked NBA and me just sitting there just but trying to understand. Are you ready for wait, are you ready for this, Noah? I don't know. Ready for this sick transition. You mentioned the NBA. Well, let me tell you about an offer. Uh, from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, this offer is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday and everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877 877-8- H O P E N Y or text H O P E N Y. 
Okay. First of all, sick transition. Oh, you're right. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these deals, man, they just keep getting better and better. How is DraftKings still in business is what I want to know. They're just it, giving away money. It's free money. Like, how is this sustainable? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? Like, I just go with it. Um, unbelievable offer, uh, as always, from them. But, yeah, other Panthers news we got going on this week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this week uh, – saw the short tenure of Panthers legend Ole Ulevi come to an end when he was put on waivers and subsequently claimed by the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Like, Ole Ulevi be missed for you? No. Like, I can't lie. I had a really, like... It's more It's more the thought that, we're lo- that you're losing him for, for nothing. I think yes. that's what you're you're a little itched about but that being said like i you know like even if he lights it up in detroit i'm i i i have no problems with this i have no beef well no because you know as soon as it happened obviously olio levy high draft pick fifth overall taken ahead of matthew kachup taken ahead of mikhail sergachev and a bunch of other pretty solid nhl players um he was acquired by the Panthers, obviously, in the offseason for Yuho Lamico, uh, who was sent to the Vancouver Canucks. Yuho Lamico is having a pretty good season for Yuho Lamico standards uh, and has formed a really nice line under uh, Bruce Boudreaux on a line with uh, Highmore and with uh, Tyler Mott. Is this a rare trade loss for Bill Zito? I, I hate to say it, but... I don't see how it can not be perceived as a loss. I think it's a win. You think it's a win? I think this is a win. Well, it's not a win. I don't think it's a loss. I think it's like. I, I don't think it matters. Like, I think it's a loss, but the smallest loss that you can think of. Well, to me, it's like, okay, like, let's say, like, hypothetically, this trade never happens and the Panthers have Yuho Lamico. So, like, basically, both players are sitting in the press box most nights, right? Right. Does it matter? Do I care if Yuho Lamico's there or if Ole Levy's there? Not really. Like, realistically, no. they're not helping in either scenario. Like, Yuho Lamico, he's been great with the Canucks. The Canucks have a drastically less deep forward group than the Panthers. So, of course, he's in the lineup most nights. And, yeah, he's been effective. But, like, has he been more effective than the Panthers' fourth line and the guys that they got rotating in there with Noel Achari, with Jumbo Joe Thornton, with the Lamborghini? Like, no, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like, you just, you know, there, there's there's about 10 Yuho Lamicos already in the Florida Panthers system. And they're all probably better than Yuho Lamico, like most of them. Exactly. Right. And to, like, to me, like, I, I wouldn't count as a loss too, simply for the fact of like, you acquire oil. Like he's, as I mentioned, he's former fifth overall pick. Right. So, and he's had a rough go. He's had a lot of injuries, right. He never really got his footing in Vancouver. He looked bad a lot of the time. I think his most notable play from his time with Vancouver Canucks was when he was like gassed after like a bag skate and was lying in the corner. <laughs> right. I thought that was Ackman Larson. Or did, did Lamico have that too? Not Lamico, uh, Levy. Oh, Levy. Yeah, 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 okay. It might have been. Who was to say they all look the same? They're all wearing the same clothing. Um, I mean, he's probably very gassed too. Like, it, it, at this point in time right now, Oli Levy is probably the prime example of what a bust is. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're a Bill Zito and you've had – you know, you had success bringing in Sam Bennett, who also kind of looked like a bust with Calgary and revived his career. The cost of acquiring Ole Levy was really almost nothing. Why not take a swing on a guy who at one time was perceived to have pretty high upside, right? And probably yeah. did have pretty high upside, you know, before all the injuries and stuff and got derailed a bit. Um, so I don't mind, like, if you have to give up Yuho Lamico to take a shot at, you know, Ole Levy, who could potentially be, you know, a really good low cost player for you. Like I have no issue with it. It didn't work out. And, you know, these things don't always work out. I would say same thing of like the, the Vinny Hinnestrosa signing last summer. Right. Yeah. 
you like the idea, you give it a shot. And when it doesn't work, you, you cut them loose. It's, it's also like just such like low price to pay you to try something. Yeah. So like the, the, the risk versus reward is like, it's no question to me. It's like the reward of getting a player, like what Oli could have potentially been for the risk of you lose Yuho Lamico. Like, I think you do that every time, right. Just to see. Yeah. I like, even if it was in my opinion, a small, a tiny loss, I'd, I'd make that trade like 99 times out of a hundred. Yeah. Cause I'll, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like there's a lot of players who just need a trade of like a, a change of scenery. Right. Why not see if this was one of them? It wasn't. And he was never able to really crack the lineup. Zero points in 10 games is not ideal production, but like, so what? I'd put, I'd put Michael Bunting in that conversation, but technically his goals per game is lower than when he was in Arizona. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think anymore on Michael Bunting. <laughs> Michael Bunting makes me question everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it, yeah, sad, sad to see Ole Levy go. Wishing him all the best there in Detroit. Honestly, and I don't like. I hope. I honestly hope he breaks out there. But I, I tend to think he won't. No, I mean, it would be. It would be I, nice I wouldn't thought. be. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him go back to Europe in the net and like in the next two or three seasons. It, yeah, it might be might be the case. Uh, and I think I think he'd do much better in Europe, to be honest with you. Probably bigger ice. I mean, bigger it's ice, bigger. like lower, the the competition level is lower. Like, that's just the reality. Yeah. It, like, you, you just wish him the best somewhere, really. Exactly. It was one of those. And, you know, for the Panthers, it's like, you know, okay, like, yeah, you, you, you know, you're losing a guy who you gave a bass has to get, but whatever you know not not the end of the world or anything like that um but with the whole reason Oli levy though sent down is to make room for Terry lindbaum the newest member of the florida panthers signed as a free agent coming over from europe played at the olympics i believe big six foot three finnish defenseman knows some of the guys on the team like he knows anton lindell from international experience uh what are your thoughts on bringing a guy like this in? I mean, we'll see how he fits in. I, I don't have any problem with it. Like, it's it's um, it's uh, it's very similar to like the other two players we talked about, Henestrosa and uh, and Ulevi. Like, it's pretty clear cut. Like, I don't see it as being a loss in any way. Like, you're just trying something. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm interested to see what, what, what he's able to do coming in. Uh he did have he had two assists at the Olympics. I just pulled up the numbers. Uh okay, yeah, that, that's what I'm uh yeah. I'm also on. should be noted he did play a few games a few years ago for the St. Louis Blues in the NHL. Uh didn't really produce much, but you know, was kind of a fringe guy. Um so like I'm always interested to see, you know, what, what a player like this can do. Obviously like he's older. It's not like you're getting a young guy coming in and you're hoping to develop him a bit. It's like, this guy's 28 years old. Like what he is right now is probably what you're going to get. Now can you fit him into your team system and, and find a way to, to maximize him? It's interesting. Cause I kind of see him as being like such a valuable asset come playoff time. Because he's big. He's huge. He's not an offensive guy. He will like, like he's a very like he's defensive. I feel like you kind of need a guy like that, and that's that's what everyone's talking about with all this Ben Sherratt stuff. Is you need just a pillar on defense, and like who knows? Like obviously, probably not on the same talent level, but it's the same type of player, in my opinion. Yeah, to me, I I 100% agree with you. Like the the way I'm viewing this, if I'm I'm on the Florida Panthers, is you're looking at your defense group, right? And you have some guys, you have a lot of bodies, right? Yeah. But realistically, you're talking about, you bring in Bateri Lindbaum to replace Oliu Levy as your 7-8 D-man, right? And the reality is, is that in the playoffs, you need 7 or 8 D-man just because injuries pop up, right? And when injuries pop up and it's the playoffs, what type of defenseman do you want stepping in? Do you want an Oliu Levy type defenseman or do you want a Bateri Lindbaum type defenseman? And you want Bateri Lindbaum in the playoffs. 
if you you don't want to rely on him in the playoffs, but if you need a guy to come in and play a couple games, like guys are banged up, that's the type of guy you'd put in. Yeah, I'm like I'm just I'm just thinking like he he reminds me a bit of um, Kevin Connaughton. It's not who I was gonna say. Uh, Shoot, but a guy like um, a guy like Joel Edmondson, who was like pretty important for the Habs in their Cup run last year. You know, not putting up points, but just being that physical presence on on the D line. Yeah. Nothing flashy. Probably the average, maybe like 15, 16 minutes a game. Like, it's just a serviceable guy that you can put in there if, like, to stir the pot or just if things if things get get heavy. Like, you don't know how how like depth guys like. I I've loved his game recently, but like, you don't know how a Lucas Carlson is going to adapt to playoff hockey. Exactly. You're exactly right. And it's like, and the reality is, is like, you can adjust, let's say you go into game one of the playoffs. Right. And let's say you were playing like Tampa Bay and you, you, you notice like, like last time in the playoffs, right. It was a big physical series, right? It's what exactly it. It's okay. You know what game two, we're going to put this guy in and like, let's just, and we're thinking he can go in there, be a net neutral in terms of, actual effectiveness on the ice won't hurt you won't really help you but he's gonna make it hurt for the other team he's gonna take a chunk out of them right he's gonna be tough to play against protect the front of our net uh yeah i think you put a guy like that in and play him you know eight ten minutes a night whatever it takes and it can just it it literally has the potential to just like be that small edge that you need yeah, I, I think it's just, yeah, like it's just you, you need bodies for the playoffs. You need to have a deep lineup and you need to have a lot of guys. And when someone's got to step in, that's the type of guy you'd want. So you make the swap, you bring him in. He's older, right? He's got a bit of experience, uh, played in a few different leagues. So I don't mind it. Like my expectations for him are not super high in terms of what he actually does. Um, but I like bringing him in, get him a couple of games, see, you know, see what he can bring. And uh, yeah, maybe he becomes, you know, uh, a decent part of this team in the, in the playoffs. And yeah. Like I, I see it as such a, such an asset. Yeah. To I mean, have. You don't even have to use it. It's just there if you want to. And that's just like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, like this is a guy, like, I, like, I'll be honest. Like, I have not watched much of this guy play until the Panthers made the move to, to sign him and bring him in. But uh, when, you know, you watch some videos on him, see what you can bring, decent-ish skater, right? Uh, a lot of tools that you like. Realistically, though, like I, I saw 6'3", 209 pounds. I was like, perfect. It's big. Yeah, and like just the fact that he already knows guys on the team. Makes it easier to integrate. You've already got that strong finish presence. It, like you can, like, it's it's working so out serious. so far. Why not just add to it? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not bring in a guy and just – yeah, see see what he can do. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, like he cost my favorite price, which is free. <laughs> right. So like anytime like a player is free, like I will never criticize that move ever. No. Uh, well, actually, no, I take it back. Evander Kane to the Oilers. Uh, I was gonna say Tony D'Angelo to uh to the Hurricanes. Yeah. That might not be worth it, but you know, anytime. But you, that that's different. Like I've, that's off ice stuff, right? Yeah, in terms of on ice, like I, you know, if you, as yeah. far as we know, the mom has no off ice issues. Well, he's boys with Anton Lundell, so surely he's the best. Yeah, I just like he must be a saint. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with all these roster moves as well, uh, Panthers calling up Spencer Knight from the AHL uh, after his little stint down there. We saw. Uh, for a couple of games, what it looks like with Jonas Johansson in the net. Um, no one liked that. No. <laughs> Not at all. So Spencer Knight, he's back after a little stint in the AHL. Uh, he's got a 917 this year in the AHL. Um, you excited What's his win-loss Spen- record in the AHL? Do you have that? Yeah, let me just uh, pull it up. I, I yeah I have all, I have all the numbers here you know big I'm on, numbers guy. I'm on cap friendly and they don't show wins for goalies which is kind of annoying. Uh, seven and three. Yeah. He's that good. He is that good. He's the guy. Well, like, it's tough because 
I think the biggest criticism I talked with Jacob last episode about it, because we were talking about potential goalie options for the Panthers and whether you need to get a guy. Like the end issue was mentioned, it was like he had some really good games. He also had some really bad games. Um, so to me, like the main thing was just consistency. Like when he's on, you can see how good he is, but when he's off and he's fighting it a bit, it, it can be disastrous. We did both agree that at no point did he ever have a game, save for maybe one or two where he looked as bad as like Jonas Johansson looked. Uh, in his brief stint, uh, so I'm I'm excited to have Spencer Knight back at back in Florida. Uh, there was a little like over the last stretch, well, the lot when he was down there in Charlotte, there was a little bit of inconsistency. I think he did get pulled one game, but he also had two shutouts. And you're you're also talking about a team that's 19, 29. Uh, sorry, that's 29 and 21. Yeah, like that's what like average 60 percent no it's 575 win percentage and i i have the standings i was gonna Uh, say i've I've seen you do math like like, and and when he was there his win percentage was a 700 yeah which is about some percentage above what the team was doing i don't know like i couldn't mathematically i couldn't figure it out but yeah yeah i figured too much math yeah quick maths aren't going for me right now but like i i don't see any reason to 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 look for another option in in the net well well to me like i like bringing up spencer knight and i like bringing him up now and i like it for two reasons and the first is well, they kind of go hand in hand. It's like reality is, is like you've seen Brovsky over the last few games. There have been games where he's looked fatigued, right? And I think that's understandable. He's old-ish, right? And he's had to play the majority of the games with Spencer Knight in the AHL and Jonas Johansson not being competent uh, at being an NHL goalie. No disrespect, obviously. But, well, it's like I'm not an NHL goalie. If someone said that to me, like I wouldn't be offended. No, I guess. Yeah, me neither. Right. It's just a statement of fact. But so you bring up Spencer Knight around for two reasons. One is to play him, like get him in some games, right? Get him in. Don't go 50-50, maybe go 60-40 with Bob for a little while here, right? Yeah, definitely not 50-50. Like, no. Like just because Bob is having like a very much a bounce back season, you kind of want to ride that. It's, it's trying to find the balance between like keeping Bob fresh, but making sure he's staying in a rhythm. Precisely. Right? So you're going to between 60 and 70% of the starts, let's say, but you bring in Spencer Knight. Yeah. You, see, yeah, you can find that you can achieve that balance and keep Bobrovsky fresh, but then also you get a look at him here. Like it's March 6th right now. We're recording this, the trade deadlines, the 21st, right? If you can get him in at least three games before the deadline and just gauge where Spencer Knight is at. Like, I think we're still both pretty big believers in what Spencer Knight's going to be long-term in his career. But if you can just get a better read on like where he is right now, so you know that like going into the deadline, like do we need a goalie, a backup goalie? Because if Spencer Knight can come in right now and have three or four pretty good games, I think you'd feel pretty content with running with that duo. But if he can, if he comes in and falters, you might want to get some insurance. Yeah, but you're also talking about a guy who posted a 9.33 in two playoff games last year against Tampa Bay of all teams, who eventually went on to win the cup. Yeah. Well, and I know, you know, I'm a huge fan of small sample sizes, right? Always. Love them. Love them. Can't get enough of them. <laughs> but it is, I, I think it is one of the things like you want to, you just want to see where he's at, right? Like he's, I think he's done a good enough job in the AHL. Call him up, you know, with a bit of a window here before the deadline and just see what he's capable of. Get, you give Bob the rest, you give Spencer Knight some starts and see if you think he can be your guy for the playoffs. And if he can't, you know, it's no big deal, right? He's still a young goalie. You can send him back down and you could go out and get a Braden Holtby or a Jonas Corpusalo or a Gorgiev. You can go get a more experienced goalie that you'd feel comfortable running behind Bob for at least the remainder of the season and into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I know he's a year... Or two years? Yeah. Actually, no, I think he's three years younger 
than Carter Hart. And you look, you you look at Carter Hart, who had a bit of a faulty season last season. Oh, he was no. That's that's the understatement of the year, my guy. It's not great. It um, was awful last year. But like you look at this year, and it's it's not great. I mean, then again, his team decided to trade for Rasmus Ristolainen and then sign Keith Yandel. Um, and they also brought in Kevin Connaughton. We love Kevin Connaughton. Um, <laughs> Big fans. Huge fans. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's putting up decent numbers against that. And that's my main comparable for Spencer Knight right now. It's like there's nothing off track about it. He's <laughs> on track to be a successful NHL goalie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it just might be too early. But you also remember, too, like, I also kind of think, like, back to when Vasilevsky was first coming into the league, right? They made that run, the the Lightning to the Stanley Cup final in 2015. And Vasilevsky was the backup to Ben Bishop, right? Mm-hmm. And personally, I thought Vasilevsky was, like, very good then already, right? But I remember getting into the, the – Ben Bishop got hurt, and they went into the Stanley Cup final. And Ben Bishop was very visibly hurt for most of that series. Like the guy would go down in the butterfly and it would take him the rest of the period to stand back up. Like he was in no way like healthy enough to be playing in that series. Right. But they just wouldn't play Vasilevsky because they didn't think he was ready. And I don't think you want to get into that situation where the Florida Panthers are in the Stanley Cup final. Maybe Bob's a bit nicked up and you don't believe in the guy you got behind him. And I think we can all agree, though, like that it worked out for Vasilevsky, like long term, like even if like they didn't think he was ready then, like he's the best goalie in the world right now. Yeah. And I I just pulled it up just out of curiosity. The Green Jacket leaders, the top two are Philadelphia Flyers. Is it Keith Yandel? Of course it's Keith Yandel. Like, Like who else? He's got James Van Riemsdyk beat by three minuses. By minus three. I don't know how to phrase that. What, what, what are their scores? Minus 31 for Yandel and minus 28 for Ram, Van Riemsdyk. Do you think that's a prop that you can bet on at the start of the season? I wonder. I was thinking about that because that would be a fun one. That would be. You're just kind of rooting for a guy to be terrible. On the, you're rooting for him to be on the ice. <laughs> Sure, you fine. Like I can, I can just imagine watching a game at the end of the season, and it's like just coming down to the wire. They, the team scoring and being me, me being like, "Damn it! Like I can't believe he wasn't on the ice." Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like when they, when they, when there's a goal four. Um. So yeah, and then like the rest of the Green Jacket leaders are pretty much your, all your bottom dwelling teams so detroit's there seattle's there arizona's there columbus is there chicago's there yeah yeah usual suspects exactly i mean i'm saying now what we're talking about that that'd be a fun episode to do for the podcast before the start of next season just do a prop bet episode where we just find the most obscure things we can bet on yeah that'd be awesome all right we'll save that yeah we'll save that for the start of next season that'll be a fun one um but i think we'll end this one here Uh, Thank you so much to everyone tuning in, listening. We'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode. We'll see you all then. Panthers are back on top.